It's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Season three! Oh boy, here it comes. Even though we've done this show like 250 times, I still have no idea what I'm talking about. We may not know what we're doing, but we're having fun. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. The only way the out is way up. Is this is how this to do life. How to do life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd! Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. What's so great in your life? Tell me what's great. I don't have a sinus infection anymore. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> Mucinex is great. You in hopped your life. up on drugs? A little bit. That's good. Yeah. Cough medicine, you know. Ask me how I'm doing, Heather. How are you doing? <laughs> you want to know how I am, Heather? <laughs> yeah. I am tired of being a good person. Oh, man. I'm tired of being the bigger person. Yeah. I'm tired of choosing right when I could probably get away with wrong. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. But before we do, let's talk about our goals. And now it's time to talk about our goals. God, I love that one. <laughs> How are your goals going, Heather? Well, okay, so we are coming up on the end of February here and I set a goal of 220 miles in February and I am far below that. Mm -hmm. I need to make up like 97 miles as of today. Mm -hmm. So um, not great. So let's see. It's like the 24th. Yeah. And you have I went on vacation yeah. and I got sick and so I um did not get my miles. But I mean the rest of my goals are doing fine, but that's like my, my big one yeah. and it's and that's it's the not, one that you're having a little trouble with. Yeah, I haven't given up yet. Right. We talked about this um off air a little bit and I said I think it's important for us to come and share with our listeners sometimes when we're not being yeah. high achieving because we're always all it's cool and we're high achieving and everything's wonderful and we're making all of our goals and we're taking our vitamins it's and we're running our miles and we're and we, we're buying big bags of cat food and <laughs> scrubbing bubbles and we've got it all and you know sometimes we're not and I've had a kind of rough goals week too yeah yeah I was uh, supposed to do my regular thirty five miles. Which, remember, I was trying to bust past 50. I was getting, you know, a little right. overzealous. Yeah. I got 17.5 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was me last week. And when I don't make my walking goals, it actually, my body is sad. My body is sore. Like, I'm one of those people who I become sore and miserable and crabby and cranky when I don't exercise. Me too. And... So I feel kind of junky from that. Yeah. I'm still eating my vitamins, taking my vitamins. I guess it's not eating them. You know, <laughs> um, you know but I, Lent has begun. And I told you that I was going to give up right. um, pasta and bread for uh-huh. Lent. Yeah. And I have. But I, I didn't think about that if I wasn't eating any carbs and pasta or bread, that I might, like, I normally don't eat, like, say, cookies. Right. But when I gave up pasta and bread, 
I literally baked and ate like a dozen cookies. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. This is defeating my uh, my purpose. You here. know, that's really interesting because, you know, another one of my goals for February was to continue with no wine. Uh-huh. And which has really been a lot easier than I expected. It's been no problem at all. But I did notice that in the absence of having wine as like a little treat, I'm finding other things. And it's interesting that it's like there's such a difference between the the actual substance that you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. and the action of and the having category something. of yeah exactly right so, so for me I'm like oh you know like I just assumed if I don't eat bread or pasta and I didn't think that I ate those things very much anyways I just thought like I'm getting to a point where I'm having macaroni and cheese like once every 10 days right. you know and I was like oh if I'm not having that it'll be fine yeah but I didn't realize that I was going to start eating chocolate chip cookies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been having like more snacky stuff, yeah. you know, and it's like, hmm, uh-huh. interesting. So yeah. it's the, it's the, it's the essence of having something um, kind of like extra. Right. That, that mm-hmm. is really the, the habit, not necessarily what it is. Right. It's, it's interesting. It's yeah. crazy stuff. So. Trying to get those miles, though. Yeah. Trying to get it together. I took my kids on a hike mm-hmm. last weekend. So, you know, five, six days ago. And we had one of those emergency incidents on this hike where your brain just does things. Oh. Like, brains are so amazing, right? What so, happened? So, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Um, one of my children wanted to take a picture on this log, right? Like there was this cool little fallen log with a tree behind it, kind of in the middle of a field. And my child said, that looks like a cool place to take a picture. So the kids run over to it. And I look at the log and there's a big fire ant hill behind it. Uh-oh. And I'm always really conscious of fire ants. Right. Like it's, it's always on my mind. Like as we walk, they think I'm super annoying because I'm like, there's fire ants, don't step in those. There's fire ants. Like I'm, I'm always really, con- but I see the fire ant hill but it doesn't register in my mind that maybe they're on the log, too. Oh. So the children sit down on the log, and I take the pictures. Click, click, click. Take the pictures. And then when they stand up, one of my children has fire ants all over the side of the pants, going up the shirt on the back. And here's what my brain did. My brain thought about a book that I read once, a fiction novel, uh-huh. where the woman was in Africa and she got covered in fire ants and she stripped all of her clothes off and got into water. Okay. And I'm like, okay, there's no water here. My brain went to an employee of mine over 10 years ago who stepped in a pile of fire ants and got like two dozen bites and had such a strong allergic reaction that he had a heart attack. And <gasps> oh he my ended God. up... so. My brain went to my dad's bee sting allergy and the fact that neither of my children have ever been stung and the fact that all of us have really strong reactions to bug bites and we swell up really big, you know. So I'm thinking if these ants, there's there's got to be 200 ants oh, on my man. child. And I think if these ants get to my child's skin, then we're going to the ER. We're spending the afternoon in the ER. I think about... 
how badly these bites hurt. Right. Have you ever been bit by a fire ant? Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. And I think about if one bites my child and my child starts to freak out, there is no way I'm going to be able to get the rest off. Right. I think about that we need to be moving away from where we are so that more don't come. Right. That I need to be assessing the other child to make sure that they don't have fire ants on them. That I need to be figuring out how to get these ants off of them. So it goes through my head, should I strip my kid? And I'm like, no, that's going to expose their skin. It's going to be worse, you know? So I'm trying to think what to do. And I'm wearing like a fleece, right? Mm -hmm. A fleece jacket. And so I like pull my... Uh, hand up into my sleeve and I use my sleeve and just start brushing mm-hmm. my kid yeah. down like brush like 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 crazy and I'm like just be still take a couple steps away you know for like like and I'm just like I'm totally calm and I'm you know asking my other kid do you see more where do you you know like and I'm just brushing these things down and I brushed all of these ants off we got one bite wow one got inside the clothes now if it would have been that there were short pants on or right. short sleeves on this was only because there was a t-shirt and a long sleeve shirt and long pants right. and socks and shoes the yeah. only reason that i was able to to get this you know uh, was because i acted really really quickly yeah at the exact right moment right and did the exact right thing yeah you know and this made me curious hmm You know, this is probably nosy, personal, and none of her business, but she just can't help it, you know? She is just curious to know. How do you think it is, Heather, that we can recall so much so quickly in an emergency? (laughs) I think about that sometimes, too. And we can't really even remember half of it later. Right. Like, what was funny was, um, because I had been taking pictures of the kids right beforehand, Apparently, I must have had the phone still in my hand because when I got home, I had like a dozen pictures that were just like grass or like the side (laughs) of my pant leg or like just, you know, a swoosh, you know, like just black. So I obviously, you know, like things were happening and all of that, all the stuff I said was going through my head. But this whole incident couldn't have been more than a minute. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Could have been more. And, and it seems like and, so much and longer. And the time to action, you know, like as soon as we saw the ants, stand up the kid, move the kid, decide whether to take the clothes off or, uh-huh. you know, how we're going to get these ants off, you know, evaluate if it's going to be worse if they bite me or the kid, you know, like, so all of that stuff happened. And we can't remember shit in our day-to-day life. Right. <laughs> I can't remember why I walked into the kitchen. Right. But for some reason, like, I remember a time when I was out on a, on a group run and it was kind of like almost daylight Mm -hmm. and I tripped on a broken piece of sidewalk and I was falling and I was in a group and like a a bunch of people were in front of me and there were only a couple people behind me and in the maybe two seconds that it took for me to fall to the sidewalk I had like 18 thoughts right and I remember one of them being like I should yell so that they know where I am because it was still dark Mm -hmm. And my glasses fell off. And, like, I remember thinking, oh, my glasses fell. I need to find my glasses when I get up. Like, h- how I thought of all these things in such a short span of time. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know how that works. Right. I don't know. There has to be something in us that just triggers. It goes right to all the right files for yeah. that. Like I said, a book, 
a fiction book that I read. Like, that's why it really was going through my head. Should I strip him? Right. And I'm re- literally looking around going, oh, there's no water. How bizarre. You know, like, I mean, just totally. Yeah. You know? I don't know how that works. It's, it's just wild, isn't it? It's yeah. just absolutely wild. I started um, a special, I have not finished it, called Surviving Death on mm. Netflix. And it's people's near-death experiences. Um, I've only seen the beginning of it, like the first few minutes. And it's a little fruity and a little out there, but real interesting. Especially, like, if you have an open mind and you can just watch it and take from it, you know, the parts that feel right, you know, feel good. But, you know, there's a woman who she got swept under and pinned against a rock by her kayak. And she was underwater for a long time oh, for, for like way too long you know yeah. and she can remember all the feelings of you know like and, and all the stuff that went through her head and all this it's just so amazing what our brains have in them yeah that we access at the right moment and we have no idea how we did it we have no idea lots of built-in protection isn't that isn't that wild it's yeah just totally wild. it is yeah and i don't know but definitely check out Surviving Death on Netflix. I will finish it too. And oh, just so that was my little uh, that was my little emergency for last weekend. And I thought that it would be fun to. <laughs> I'm glad that they were okay. Yeah, me too. Like I, like no I said, that you know, I really felt like we would have been in the ER. I, I honestly feel a little bit like it was a little bit of a miracle. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's interesting that there were like other people like on the trail. Like well, like I said, we're in a field and the trail's on like both sides of us. And I was thinking it would have been worse if we would have had like friends with us or something. Because a lot of times we hike with friends. Uh-huh. And I think it would have been worse because somebody else, like right. I would have been trying to take in their suggestions right. it would have been too. A distraction. Or, you know, yeah. And so I just needed to do this thing in this way. And I did, you know. I was once talking to this lady who, I don't know how we got on the subject. I think we it, we were talking about carpenter bees. And she told the story of a time when there were bees, like there was a wasp nest or something at her house. And somehow they got angry and they were all swarming around her. Mm-hmm. And so she was outside in the front yard and she was like yelling for her husband to come and like swat the bees off of her and get the bees off. So he comes out into the yard and he's like swatting all over her and like like trying to knock the bees off. Uh-huh. The neighbor thinks it's a domestic dispute. Oh my so god! They, they oh call the god. police, and the police come out, and they're like, "No, he was trying to get the he bees was saving off of me, me, not hurting she's me." Like I was so embarrassed, we had to convince the cops that we weren't having a fight. <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know if we really convinced them or not." And there he was all bees. concerned that he was going to have a reputation. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Yeah. The so. neighbors are like, "We're staying away from that." Right? Couple. The neighbors are like, mm-hmm, "We, don't like we know about y'all." <laughs> Heather, you know what else I want to talk about? What? Let's talk about the fact that we are live on Facebook. We are. Hey, guys. This episode and every other episode. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. You can find us Mondays beginning around 9.45 a.m. at How to Do Life with Chrissy and Heather. Mm-hmm. We are working on streaming on some other places for you, too. But for the <laughs> meantime, catch us on Facebook Live or right here on the podcasting platform of your choosing. Oh. Let's get into the grab bag. What, what did they come up with now? Ew, not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Oh, Heather. I got a check in the mail. Oh, nice. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It was some money 
that was due to me several years ago. Oh. And this money finally came. Nice. And this money that came, part of it was due to another party, was was payable from me to another party who okay. was involved with me several years ago. Okay. okay. And I'm not particularly friendly with that party anymore, but part of the money was due to that individual. So you were going to have to give part of the money mm-hmm. to that person. To that person. And I called that person and I told them that I had some money for them and I did the right thing. <laughs> and it sucked, didn't it? It sucked. I did the right thing, <laughs> and it sucked. Now, this individual has taken some shots at me and has been unpleasant to me in some ways. But this money was due to this individual. And so, I'm delivering it to the individual to whom it is due. And I... This person didn't know that this money was going to Oh, this was a surprise. This was surprise money. Like I said, from several years ago, didn't know about this money. I could have gotten away. I'm pretty sure. Like, I would say 90% sure that I could have gotten away with uh, not doing the right thing. But I did the right thing. Oh, yeah. Integrity. I watched a movie over over a couple days ago. It's out on Netflix fairly recently. It's called I Care A Lot. Okay. I'm in a major, major spoiler this movie. So okay. if you want to watch this movie, <laughs> if you want to watch this movie, if anybody who's listening wants to watch this movie and you don't want the spoilers, put us on pause and go watch it first because I'm going to spoil this movie for you completely. Okay. It's, it's called what's I it called? Care A Lot. Okay. It is about a woman who <laughs> makes her living... Having doctors rule older individuals incompetent, she becomes their legal guardian. She sells their homes and their cars and all of their things to pay herself. (gasps) And she puts them into some kind of care facility. And she just basically robs them of their families and their lives. And she does it for her own gain. Okay? So the plot of this movie is, you know, we start off that she's at the courthouse and this guy's like, I want to see my mother. You just came and you stole my mother. And she's like, no, you're you're bad for your mother. You know, the, it, and, and the court rules with her because she's the legal guardian and she's really good at um, putting a big spin on everything. And um, the judge thinks that she's a saint and that she's helping these people and she's lovely. And she goes, she finds this woman that she thinks is like a cherry, right? This woman is, you know, she's like, the golden goose of old women. She has no family. She has, you know, whatever. And she's going to be great because she's got tons and tons of money. And we're going to go, you know, get this golden goose of a woman. But it turns out that that woman's family is like the mob. And they come after the, you know, guardian woman. And like all kinds of, you know. They they get have her card. Yeah. So all the hijinks ensue. But throughout the whole movie... The woman keeps coming out on top. Like, they try to, like, drown her, and she lives, and she pops back up. You know, like, they try to kill her fiancé, and she saves her. So the woman keeps doing well throughout Uh the whole movie. 
And as you're getting toward the end of the movie, you're like, this is very unsatisfying because all the bad guys are winning. Right. You know, yeah, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's not nice to see her right. doing well. Yeah. Because you know, she's bad. She's a bad person. You right? want her to have consequences. So, yeah. She's a bad person. And so it turns out that her and the mob guy go into business together <laughs> and they scale up um, this guardianship thing all around the country and they're on the NASDAQ and they're, you know, like, and she's doing interviews on television and it's all mystical and magical and they've made this into a huge company. And then she comes walking out of the interview. Here's the biggest spoiler because here's how the movie ends, right? And the guy in the beginning who she took his mom, he walks up and he shoots her, <gasps> right? And he shoots her, and she's laying on the ground. And I'm like, here's the deal, though. She already built this thing. Like, I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not happy. Because once a company is that big, and is that, you know, like, yeah. that, com- that company is going to persist. It's still not a good ending. It's still terrible, you know? And she's talking the whole time about, you know, that there are lions and there are lambs and that she's a lioness. And, you know, like, she doesn't care about these people at all. She just cares about her objective. And I wonder how do we become that, you know? How do we how do we become someone who has to give money to someone from six years ago that we don't really care for that much? Or how do we become someone who will prey on old people and feel fine about it. Well, I think it's just your personal integrity. I think it's just we have we have our own personal values that we are not willing to compromise on. And I I, I think that probably created it through a combination of you know just your own personality and then you know people throughout your life who have influenced you. And also contact with. Um punishment or praise for those things so if Mm -hmm. we never get caught right or if we're not afraid of getting caught if we're not fearful of that you know that then that's going to make a big difference or if sometimes i think people you know calculate the risk and decide it's worth the risk i could get i could get caught and these would be the circumstances would those circumstances the consequences be worth the potential payoff right. yes it would be i think i'm going to win and then you know they they just take the chance but i think ultimately they have they have a lower level of remorse for doing bad things that could be i think that that's a good point remorse is an interesting topic there here's an example from my professional life, okay? okay? So I used to work in autism care, as you know, and we would have children come into our offices for X number of hours per week. The insurance company would authorize, let's say, 20 hours a week for this child. Okay. Now let's say that a family comes in and the family says, hey, I got a win-win situation for you here. Mm -hmm. During the school year, I can't get my kid here 20 hours a week. I can only get my kid here 10 hours a week. Okay. But if I don't utilize my hours, if I don't use my hours, then the insurance company is going to say I don't need those hours. Right. So how about if you just bill the insurance company and you say you see my kid 20 hours a week so that when we get to summer and I need those hours, they're still available. So during the school year, overbill my insurance company so that then when we get to summer, it all works out right. Now, of course, you say no to this. Right. You have to say no to this because it's against the law. Right. 
That's insurance fraud. It's insurance fraud, and it's against the law. Um, but in some ways, you can look at this and you can see, yeah. well, why is that right? Why can't I explain to an insurance company that right now I can only do this, but more is warranted in the summer? And why can't the insurance company say, that seems reasonable? You know, like, we're playing the game to the insurance company. Right. Which, who says that they're good? Right. And who says that they are, should be the maker of the rules? And who says that they should be the decider of what's right? Yeah. I mean, I think that... Yeah, it makes sense. Like you could make the argument that, yeah, that makes sense. But and I, I've definitely been in situations like that. But ultimately, as an adult, you have to abide by the framework that we have agreed to play within. Right. We have to like somehow we know there's only in this case there's truly only one pure right and that is to bill for the amount that you see this child right that is the agreement that we have entered into you tell me i can see this child i see this child and i tell you how much i saw them you know and i get paid based on that amount now look what would be right for the company financially right would be to overbill right yeah what would be right for the family perhaps, would be to do that too. What would be right for the insurance company would not be to do that. Right. And what would be right overall, what the correct like moral, ethical decision is, right. is not in line with what benefits the very person who needs the service. Yeah. You know, which is... <sighs> I just, you know, I, I'm ter- a terrible liar. I And I will not lie. I will not lie. And... I, even when I could lie and nobody would know Mm -hmm. because I truly believe that lying catches up with you. Mm -hmm. And if I try, I sometimes will ask myself, like, how would I feel trying to explain this situation to a jury? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like if I, if I feel stupid trying to explain this to a jury, no. And I mean, and I... You know, there are definitely times when I could have easily gotten away with lying and nobody would have been hurt by it, but I just can't do it. Some of that, I think, is that we maybe perhaps are somewhat fear-controlled people because no one would know, but what if someone did? Even if it's not someone, a jury, even if it's not someone who could directly punish us, for me, I'm like, what if, you know, the auditor who found out thought that I was a real piece of crap, you know? What right. if it ruined my reputation or ruined my company's reputation or ruined my own self-esteem, you know? Like, so right. it, it, it's it's fear-based, right? Um, outside those fears, like, I try to figure out why do we do what's right? Is it all fear-based? Are we all, are we a punishment-based society to a point where, you know, it, you know, that That's interesting. we do all these things to avoid punishment? Uh, well, I think that a lot of it is fear and shame based, you know, wanting to avoid um, consequences and then also wanting to avoid feeling shame, Mm -hmm. you know, because we are so conditioned to avoid shame. Right. And and I know that's a big motivator for me. I don't like feeling ashamed. And then there are some things that I think we don't that we feel ashamed for that we shouldn't. 
and some Definitely. that we should. <laughs> Definitely. And we're actually going to get into that in just a minute. But the word that you used earlier was those people have a lower capacity for remorse. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. They have a lower capacity for self-shame, uh-huh. I guess. You know, yeah. That's, that's really they don't feel bad about it. Heather, speaking of right or wrong, remember that our next book club pick mm-hmm. is Defending Jacob yeah. by William Landay. Have you gotten it yet? No. It's no. time to get started, people. I need people. to get it. Get it. We're going to really dig into some of these ideas of right and wrong and right and wrong for who mm-hmm. when we get into this book. So I, th- I was pleased that this came up as a show idea because it's going to lead really yeah. interestingly into the book that we're reading, I think. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you get that book, Defending Jacob by William Landay. So when it comes to the work stuff, when it comes to like giving um, the money to the person, you know, who I was due to give the money to, or when it comes to not overbilling an insurance company, I try to tell myself, you know, it's only money, you know, it's only money because I truly believe, truly, truly with my whole heart, if you do right and if you do good for the world, money will show up. I agree. I 100% believe that. And that's always worked out for me. Right. But what about in matters of the heart? Have you ever done something that was wrong for you, but maybe was right for another party? Yeah. Yeah. I think we do this for our children. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. I mean, even... Even homeschooling right now. Right. You're homeschooling your children right now. (laughs) Well, one of them still, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not right for you. No. It's right for your child right now. Yeah. And and I'm at the point of life where what's right for my child is right for me. But, you know, the real root of what you're saying is, yeah, I, yeah. And I think that's part of what you sign up for when you become a parent. (laughs) I think sometimes we do this for our lovers or for our friends. Um, I've had a few times where I've felt like I, you know, fell on the sword and did something that I didn't want to do at all for someone else. You know, Um, I had a friend in high school. We met, he was 14 and I had just turned 16 when we met each other. We were great friends, really, really good friends. And we were friends until probably my sophomore year of college and we had a big falling out and um it was one of those relationships where we were excellent excellent friends we toyed with the idea of being a like relationship and we probably would have been a pretty decent relationship if we would have been more honest with each other but I was really afraid of ruining the friendship and I was really afraid that he was going to like I was afraid that since I was a little older I should be more experienced than Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. and that maybe he wouldn't like me you know like like I I don't know it was it was just a very you know you're 16 you're 18 you know you're 20 years old and it right you know so it never turned out that we had a relationship um but we were very very close friends and then, like I said, we had this falling out, and we didn't talk to each other for almost 20 years, right? Wow. Um, and we reconnected a few years ago, and we fell right back into really close friend nice. status. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was lovely. Like, we, we became friends again. We, like, he was going through some things, you know, and I was almost like a, like a big sister to him at this point, uh-huh. you know, by this point. And he was going through some stuff in uh, his marriage and in his, like, new baby mm-hmm. and, like, figuring things out, you know. And... 
we were talking not all the time or anything, but, you know, once a week, once every couple weeks, you know, we would touch base and, you know, maybe, maybe text a little bit, occasionally get on the phone. But, you know, we weren't like in constant contact or anything. And like I said, I've been friends with this, this individual since he was 14 years old. Right. And I was planning to, he's way out in California. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come visit you, see the baby. I'll, you know, take care of the baby for, you know, a couple nights so you and your wife can reconnect and go out and whatever. But he wasn't telling his wife that we had reconnected. Oh. And when she found, like, our text messages and things, I mean, I'm a, you, you text with me. I'm a very emojis and, like, right. whatever. So there's hearts and there's uh-huh. I love yous and there's whatever. And, and she was really uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Which is... She misinterpreted. I, under, I understand, yeah. And he was like, can you talk to her? And I'm like, I guess. Can you talk to her? She's your wife. I don't right. know her. Yeah. You know? But... Um, <laughs> But it turned out that she was like, never talk to her again. Yeah. And he never talked to me again. Aww. Like, And so the right thing to do was to have him choose his wife and to right. move on. Yeah. You know, and, and, and do his thing. And that's right. And I can recognize that that's right. But that sucks yeah. for me. I lost my friend. Right. You know, like, yeah. And I can't reach out to this person and I can't, you know, have this relationship that truly was platonic and non-threatening you know like we tried you know 20 years ago to see if it wasn't you know and and but I I I can't have that right you know because it was the right thing to do right yeah so I avoid all contact and I leave them alone you respect that boundary yeah I respect that boundary very very much you know because it's his marriage is more important than your friendship right exactly and sometimes I get a little salty about it sometimes I'm like I've known him since he was 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're not doing anything wrong. I've known him way longer than you, you know, like, and, you know, this is like, it was a close emotional relationship, you know? And I also understand if I was the wife, I wouldn't like that relationship with a, with a pretty girl that's known you forever. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, we have those things, right? I've had a time when I did what was right for, well, this is this was a life lesson when I made a decision about how I was I, I changed the way I was going to be, mm-hmm. and I made a promise to somebody, and it was a minor promise, but it was still a promise. Mm-hmm. I promised that uh, we would finish a marathon together. We were running a marathon, and we were we were training together, and I said we will finish together. I will not leave you. We will finish together. And I have since decided that I will never make that promise to somebody again mm-hmm. because... You want to run your own race. I want to run my own race. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to have this experience to understand that because I broke that promise and I've never forgiven myself for it. And at the time, it felt like it, felt like it was okay because we were at a point where she was very, very tired and I wasn't. And she was saying, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And I said, no, I said I wasn't going to leave. And she said, go ahead, it's fine. And I did. I mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm going to go. And I regretted it every step of the way. And we got to the finish. I felt this strangeness of even though she said it was okay, I, there may have even been a spot where she said, you said you weren't going to leave me. Mm-hmm. And I did leave her. And I've never forgiven myself for it. And so I will never, ever tell somebody that I will finish a race with them unless I am really prepared to follow through on that. Because how it made me feel was terrible. 
You know what? That was actually my next question. Have you ever experienced guilt because you did what was right for you, yeah. but perhaps not right for the other party? Absolutely. And the the um, thing that came to my mind was our parents. Yeah. That sometimes uh, I think it's harder to live with when you've done the wrong thing, when you know you've done the wrong thing. You know, like like some of those past relationships, like... Uh, I, I told you about the friend since high school. There was another relationship that I really, really loved this person with everything in my soul, loved this person and wanted to be with this person. And we ended up separating for reasons that were right, you know, mm-hmm. that were yeah. right. That And sometimes that I think about, I'm like, what if I wouldn't have though? What if I would have gone up and been like, nope. We're doing it this way. You're coming with me. This this is, you know, this other situation is not working and it's not right and it's not where any of us are supposed to be. We're going to set things right. You know, we're going to set things right emotionally. Right. You know, um, even if it's the wrong thing in terms of legal mm-hmm. contracts to one another and whatnot. Right. And I think about that sometimes. But the what if is not as bad as the I know I did wrong. Is. Right. You know, like with my with my mother, when she was sick and when she was dying, she really wanted to stay at my house. And I really didn't want her to. And I didn't let her. Mm-hmm. And the guilt. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard thing to live with, you yeah. know, to live with that. And like the fact that years later, it can just pull up such emotion in you because you know that you made the wrong choice. Right. And I would rather live with the what if, you mm-hmm. know, what if I know I did the right thing, but it wasn't what I wanted. Right. Then I know I did the wrong thing. I agree. You know? It's a lot easier to live with I did the right thing. And what if you can always imagine that being much, much better than it probably would have been. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I agree. When you know that you did the wrong thing and you can't undo it, um, it, it you know, that it, I don't know if that's anything. If that's the kind of thing that you ever get over when right. it's something connected to somebody like you, that you love, like a family member. Definitely, I think that you're right too. We can easily set up that what if to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can go like. Especially when you're in that honeymoon phase with someone, you're in this beautiful place, like, and everything is great. Like, when I think about it now, because this was years ago, you know, this was years ago, and I think about, like, the virus variables and, like, the the pandemic and everything, and um, I don't speak to this person anymore, but I, like, they're peripheral in my, you know, environment, and I know, like, they're like their personality and part of it was extreme like germophobia and extreme whatever and and I know that like right now if we had right carried on our relationship <laughs> not be we'd really be struggling <laughs> we'd really be struggling or yeah. w- uh, if we had like jumped in and gotten married and you know like oh my god it's so great we'd be div- I'd be divorced twice already right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean there definitely is you know like yeah. like you can make that what it, it's kind of like when you have a crush on a celebrity like, because you don't actually know them <laughs> right yeah and so they can't do anything wrong and they yeah. you can make them perfect you know like and if you ended a relationship that was beautiful and it was perfect, like if we would have dated longer, even I may have been like, well, this is not right. Really, 
<laughs> what I was looking for. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, it, but I, I know I did the right thing. Yeah. I can take solace in that. You know, all the what if is bothersome sometimes in the back of your mind, you mm-hmm. know, so, and it's not very frequent, but once in a while that nags at you. What if, you know, we had yeah. blank, you know, but that's totally better than doing the absolute wrong thing and then feeling guilty and bad toward, you know, yeah. the parties that you hurt yeah. long term. I, I would rather I would rather be annoyed and make and be make a sacrifice of something that I want to feel at peace in my heart. You know, because the times that I have taken care of number one at the expense of somebody else, I have not been okay with it mm-hmm. in the long run. And I've just decided I, I, I'm much more committed to being able to sleep well at night mm-hmm. than um, getting what I want in the short term. Yeah. And that's one of those things. So how do we know what is right? How did I know that I should hand over that money? Like what made that right? Could there be any circumstance where it would have been right for me to keep the money? Like, let's say that I'm super, super broke, and I got kids to feed. Have you seen the movie Bernie? Mm-mm. There's a movie called Bernie with Jack Black. Jack Black um, plays, and this is based on a true story. He plays um, Bernie Teed, who is um, a mortician who was um, convicted of murder. Um, but what he did was he... He did murder somebody and he did pretend, I'm trying to remember how the storyline went. He pretended he wove a very false story Mm -hmm. um, and he raised lots and lots of money and and used this person's fortune for good. Okay. He built a church. He fed children. He bought like a new bus for the church. He put all of this person's money, who was horrible. Uh Uh-huh. And into the church. That's but, really interesting. Yeah. But then he's convicted of murdering her. But then the people in the town are like, but he did good stuff with the money. And we didn't like her to begin with. <laughs> really interesting. So, I mean, it's it's fantastic. The movie is called Bernie. And I highly recommend watching I, it. I just wrote it down. That yeah. is definitely going to make it onto the, uh, onto the show notes. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that. The whole idea, the morality, the right and wrong, you know, um, where does that come from? How is that instilled in us? How do we know that? You know, is there some kind of, you know, set of consequences that we've collectively kind of contacted that, that make us know that? Like, where does morality come from? You know, I just feel like we've, we're headed down a really cool path. And I think when we get to our book, we're going to get to talk about this again. It's going to be really, really great. You know, cool. um, I... I had a like a last question for you, but I feel like we've kind of we've kind of <laughs> talked through it. Really, so what what I had written down, Heather, was when we are causing ourselves hurt or loss by doing right, why should I stay on track anyways? When it hurts me, but it's good for the world or it's the right thing to do. When it hurts me, why should I stay on track anyways, coach? Oh god. <laughs> Because hey, I prepped you for this question. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Heather a heads up that uh, I was like, "Hey, uh, I need you to convince me to stay as a moral human being today." So because that temp- that that hurt is temporary. That hurt is temporary. You are you. It feels intense 
in the moment, but the healing process begins immediately. And the goodwill that you will be inviting into your life as a result of doing the right thing is going to reward you tenfold. And so it does hurt when you make a sacrifice of something in your life for somebody else and you do the right thing, even though it's taking a, a chunk out of you, you always get back way more than you give. And that, so I think it's just a matter of faith. That's a really nice, like, kind of karmic, yeah. um, you know, karmic solution. And I do think that, you know, we have to believe that. Yeah. We have to believe that yeah. in order to stay decent people and in mm -hmm. order to be able to move forward throughout our lives without guilt and remorse and regret, we have to believe that. Yeah. I, I don't think this we, show. I yeah. did too. And this you know, is good. I don't think we ever regret doing the right thing. I agree. We never regret yep. doing the right thing. Yep. We never regret it. Let's give the people a little bit of homework and then let's get out of here. Don't forget your homework. People, find your why. Really think about where your sense of right and wrong comes from. Really think about what you can and can't live with concerning doing right or wrong. Think about when you are willing to give up right for you to do right for the world or for someone that you love. And hopefully, continue to do mostly right. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. -S 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 like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.